You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. We, we put up, we sent an updated version of it, so yeah. <laughs> And welcome back to the best podcast in the D. You got KT here. You got Cardo. And we are Beat the Buzzer. No Jamaican air horn today. Jam is chilling at the crib. Well, she probably watching the fireworks, but you know, still, still having a little day off. Um, what's uh, I am hyped because this is the first year in the last three that I didn't have to be at work to to deal with that nonsense. Because you know they shut our building down, so we got people on every corner and all over the place. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, yeah, you don't miss the fireworks? No. Okay. I, 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 and this, this, and here's why. Just because I was in a prime location, because my building happened to be like right there. Mm-hmm. I was like, last year I happened to be able to like sneak away and watch him. The previous year they had me at the at the Milliner Center and it was a shooting right like a block away from where we are, from mm. where we was at. So I couldn't sit there and watch the fire, but we was dealing with that nonsense. So no, I don't miss being in there. I miss being a regular person going down there because of just a shooting. I can leave. I don't have to like show up. <laughs> okay. That's solid. That's solid. Over here holding doors, holding doors of people didn't bum rush in. I'm like, oh look, they running here for real. I'm letting them. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm. My supervisor just came to the door to help out. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not holding these people back. Mm-mm. They bum rush the doors and they and the doors uh, doors pop pop in. They're getting in here and I'm not helping y'all push them out. Yeah, I'm, gonna I'm like, probably going to go home because y'all not going to see me in no group no more. Period. Especially because we don't have a time clock. It's a piece of paper we signed to sign out. I'm like, fam, I can leave. Y'all would never realize it. <laughs> Always scamming, always scheming. That's what's up, though, man. Weather finally trying to break here. I feel like even though we're going to rain some more today, it's like every time we got a 90-degree day or 80-degree day. It was followed by a trash day. Trash, bro, like 60s, cold, rainy, you name it. Man, all right. I I see you here for a good time, not a long time. No, we hitting the gym after, so this is going to be like a a small drink just because I need need a little something to keep my to get going, but that's about it. (laughs) Hey, I ain't mad at it, man. I ain't mad at it. Good old Hornitos. Can't beat it, bro. Um, What else? Uh, Man, it was something else I was going to say to you, but I can't remember. Seth really that on that. Oh, I saw Vic this weekend. Black Vic. I don't, that had nothing to do with the show, but I just wanted to point that out to you. I seen like the, like the whole hood was like it was together at a different oh, point. So I'm oh, like, cause I seen oh. I seen little Mike who, who ain't so little no more. But little Mike is not little Mike anymore. <laughs> I did. So, yeah, little Mike was there. It was everybody there. Jazz, Car- even they and them was there. They and them was at the joint. What, what what was what was going on this weekend? That I it was just, it was just a popping day party. Really, oh, okay. I didn't even know that that they was like I just haven't seen. I was like. We saw always walking down Greek. I was like, "Wow, the hood is out tonight. Y'all really popping." I see. Yeah. And normally I'll say something about not getting invited, but you know my finances at this point. So um, I actually required, started the if it required me to use money, I was probably gonna say, "Nah, I'm good." Yeah, that's actually why I did not. And I hate to be the person that says I started to do something or I would have done something they didn't. Because why'd you bring it up then? But I actually had my phone out to do it, and I was actually midway through the text. And I was like, "He's gonna say no." I wouldn't even think my money. I just knew he was gonna say no. But yeah, nah, yeah. I'm actually fiending to go get out and like enjoy life right now. It was a good time too. Good weather. <laughs> Man, I don't know how, but we bought was, like six nice or seven bottles. Place. I could already tell that. Man, no, I, I knew it was bad. Like we started off with like like mimosas, then we went to some tequila, and the next thing I know, we in there and they bought like seven. We bought like seven bottles of Martell. I don't know why. Yes, yes. What's wrong with y'all, bro? I have no idea why. 
Like I don't know. It was, it was terrible. I have no idea, bro. But it was it was a good a, a good good time. Enjoyed it. Solid weekend and everything all around, man. Uh, but man, let's get to it, man. Hoop season is in, man. Even though hoop season just just ended, but hoop season is really oh, all year no. round. Best free agency, best summer this, in the this world. This is the time, like after the finals, the the downtime, the downtown basketball season is the preseason and Amen. the beginning of the season. That is the downtime. Right now is actually the most interesting time of basketball. I don't care what nobody else got to say. From March Madness till we'll say August is the most interesting time of any of of the basketball year. That's so very true. y'all can say it's off season, but nah, fam. This is when all the nonsense gets going, and when I start having the most fun. This is when I can sit here and be a, I can speculate about everything, and whether I'm right or wrong, it don't matter. No, it's been some good, good. Tra- it was some good trades so far. Some good, you know. You always got good free agency. It's just, it's really good, man. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, but let's get it started, man. I know the NBA draft was what last Thursday. Mm-hmm. So number one pick Zion, like we all knew. Um, Moran was two. Barrett was three. The, the really one, two, and, the one, two, the one, two, and three were the expected three. Exactly, and then from there is where you got like, why did my team draft them? Why did they trade up? So what's popping, man? Oh, no, so first thing, I feel like the Hawks got to steal with getting um, Cam Reddish where they got him, just off the fact of how their team is already built. He's probably like, especially he was the third option on a very good team last year in college. So we don't know what his actual potential is because you did because like being a third option, you're always going to take a step back and not be as good as what you could be. So we have no idea how good he really can be, but we know that he's a shooter. You have him paired with um a, a Trey Young and and then John Collins, who's actually who's a pretty a decently a decent stretch uh, stretch big. Mm-hmm. That team in about by the time their rookie contract starting to run up, it's going to be a team that people need to start paying attention to. Yeah, they they should get better for sure. Um, I actually like the Pelicans. Of course, I still think they're going to move some of the pieces they got back from that Lakers uh, trade. But they look like a nice team. Well, I was actually talking to somebody the other day about if they could uh, potentially, potentially, like, like of course, we're taking it as the team looks now without any additional movements. They could potentially sneak in to be an AC. We're basically talking, and we're, people were talking about teams like who would fall out, of course, and things like that. We all assume, again, that the Lakers will get in next year. And let's just say that we did the thing with the Pelicans getting in. I was able to easily, in my mind, rationalize. And again, this is only right now. This is before free agency starts. I was able to rationalize the Spurs possibly not making it. I was able to rationalize them overtaking the Clippers. And honestly, I was able to rationalize. Again, this is as is today or as was the day we were talking about it. I'm not saying the, the Warriors going to fall all the way out. But if you told me that Steph Curry is the only person that came back, they have Boogie went somewhere else and Clay and Katie are out the whole year, I wouldn't even be upset if you told me that they didn't make the playoffs. Again, that's just as is and not, you know, this right. is assuming that these people don't come back or, you know, healthy and stuff like that. Oh, no. So outside of the Warriors, I agree with you on the other two that I could easily explain them not making it in favor of the other two making that push at the end. Because the Quads kept the Spurs almost didn't make it this year if the if the, if the uh, if Sacramento didn't have one of the hardest schedules the last 10 games of the season. Oh, Sacramento. Sacramento should make the playoffs. I don't even know if they add any pieces, but I think they should make sure, the playoffs. I would say they need to add any pieces. They were literally a young team that just started coming up who mm-hmm. just had a really tough schedule to finish the year out. And like, real quick, just, just them on real quick trades. Do you think the Jazz got better by getting Mike Conley? Yes. I can't remember if I asked you that. I, right. I actually do think they got better. Okay. You added some veteran leadership and you added pretty much, he's an upgrade, he's an upgraded Rubio. You just got to hope he stays healthy. Con- yeah, Conley has the injury bug. I mean, I'm sure they'll bring Rubio off the bench or they might even be able to I actually hear, I, start they, him together. I heard from what I, was, from what I hear, what, the way they made it seem like Rubio's probably going to be traded if he, if they bring him I mean, back at I mean, that's not home. bad. Uh, I mean, they, they had Rubio, like four point guards at one time. Remember I'm, him, Dante Exum, Alec Burks, like... Exum don't play. So it's it's weird because Burks is one of the people like you know he like he play, I think he plays two mostly, but he probably should have been more so of a point guard instead of a two. Mm-hmm. Exum wasn't getting no burn, so at the same time is like if you decide to keep Rubio, 
excellence either going to somebody's D-League or he's about to just get cut and call it a day. Very true, very true. But go ahead what you're saying, though. Well, no, so, especially, like, so just, like, back to the, at least in terms of the draft. Now, we had some, well, first thing, I do want to highlight the fact, like, all the black fathers that were with these individuals, with these, Shout with out these John kids. John Morant Pops, bro. John Morant Pops, he wasn't, he was just looking like he was ready to collect on that cash. I ain't mad at him, man. But the fact, like, you had these people's different, like, you had these people's Pops right there with them, like, through the process all. You can clearly see that they've been there through the whole process leading up to it. It wasn't just, like... They just popped up now and like, oh, yeah, my son about to make it. Let me come back. Like, nah, like they've been there for the long haul. And then like then you had those those gym, those reactions for people in uh like the actor interviews. You got uh, RJ Barry get up. I'm a Nick and walking up and walking up. Like you can clearly see the, the hype in his moment. And then you got Kobe White, who probably had one of the best moments. And I'm actually really irritated with how social media approach it because people was like clowning the kid. I'm like. Can the kid be happy for his friend? But no, I'm actually about to play y'all this clip. So for those that haven't heard it, you'll be able to hear his voice. Then you'll then you'll understand why people were kind of like sketchy on like how he was how you look at right now. Buddy looks like truly excited that his homie got drafted Mm -hmm. when he got drafted. But so here's that clip. Zach Elb, CBS Sports Radio, WFN. Cameron Johnson just went uh, 11th. How do you react to that news? He went what? 11th. Cam Johnson 11th. Yep, it's right on the screen right there. Wow. Wow. Wow, bro. That's crazy. That's so love, bro. Because y'all, if y'all know Cam, you don't know how hard Cam work. And you know, it's a lot of people that doubt him. But wow, I'm just, bro, it's such a, that's crazy, bro. Wow, that's so crazy. I'm so happy for him right now. Y'all don't understand how happy I am for Cam. Because he, like, he proved it night in, night out that he deserves to be, you know, in the conversation for a lottery pick, man. He shot the ball like anyone I've never seen before in my life or played with. So, I'm so – wow, bro. That's – I'm getting chills up here. <laughs> hey. All right, so and like like so the clearly homie is is excited because his home because his teammate got drafted right there like his homie got drafted right there like at number eleven he's like yeah he he got the credit he deserves he should have been a lottery pick you can clearly see how excited he is. people are talking about now granted now don't get me wrong but he's gonna need to take a couple speech speak, uh, speaking classes because when he got to do them interviews after games he's gonna have to learn how to speak a little bit more clearly because you can clear some of the words little was a little slurred but at the same time that's just from the champagne the campaign no, look and I have no problem with that. I truly, I truly love seeing like when you got like, one, like one, like you know, like you've already made it, but then one of your homies makes it too. Like that's kind of what I equip, like what I kind as an equivalent to. Like I'm, I'm, I've got my spot. Like I'm here already, but my homie just went too, and he just made it in, a, in a, like in a similar manner. I'm proud of my homie for doing it. He well deserved. And I feel like it just in general, we need more of that in, as a whole around all of us because you got people like yeah, our Kawhi made it. But they won't hype up their other friend who, who if they do happen to make it, they'll kind of give them more like a side eye to our situation. Like you won't hear like the excitement that, yeah, my homie made it too. Not just like, yeah, all right, cool, I got it. Oh, that nigga did too? All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> like, nah, like right. he it's was truly genuine. happy that his friend, no, his was, friend was there. He was like, this is the happiest I've been. Like, all, like he was almost as happy as he was for, uh, for when he got drafted. No, Loki, I feel like he was like, he almost, he almost made it seem like, yo, fam, like, wait, he went too? He was, he, I almost got feeling like, he was like, yo, I'm more hyped for him making it. Like, I knew I was going to be here. That's but. another thing, too. When you, like, not saying he didn't think Cam or anybody didn't think Cam was good, but you can even kind of tell when he first said, oh, to 11? Because it's kind of like, 
people were higher on Cam when the season started and then kind of wavered on him. Right. Um, another thing, another thing, of course, just because we're in Detroit, we got to bring it up. Uh, the, everybody is questioning what the Pistons did. Um, so, of course, I read up just a little bit on dude, and he's got a lot of raw talent. But when you think about some of the guys that were, like, around there, just, it just seems like the way that the Pistons kind of move on draft picks and, and on guys, it's just like you, you have no reason to believe that they have a direction that they're going in. Um, so that's always something, too, that I know has just been like, bro, why, why, you didn't want to get nobody that's kind of already proven. Why are we getting somebody that you got to do a lot of work to? Um, any other big uh, surprises in the first round? That, well, so not surprises, but this is actually, this is funny to me. So after the Warriors did their draft pick, and then Iggy put out a tweet. So, cause, so the Warriors pick went to Michigan. Okay. So, and Iggy, he's like, so we got a guy that went from Michigan. But we are well. We got a bully from, and then he put dot dot dot. Talk about obviously talking about talking Draymond Green because right. Michigan and Michigan State. Anybody that's from here knows that that's just what Sh- that is. Shout out Jordan Poole, man. Shout out Jordan Poole getting selected for sure. And Jordan Poole, Jordan, Jordan Poole about to catch hell <laughs> all throughout um, the initial process of process of that team because you know Draymond's not letting that ride. The good thing is that Jordan might be able to get some tick with the way the injuries just looking. I ain't saying oh, that they ain't gonna buy nobody, but he could actually get some tick. I actually like his game though, so I am so. I think it translates to an NBA game it does. for sure. So I'm, I'm looking like he's coming to a situation kind of almost how like Draymond, how Tra- how Draymond got his like, his first rise, like mm-hmm. when David Lee went out hers when they finally when he finally like got his got his shot to really prove himself. So he's coming into a situation now where two players that will be playing the position that he would probably be able to float in mm-hmm. are going to be out. So which means now he gets a lot more t- a lot more chance to prove himself early on. So I'm I'm looking forward just to see like what that all pans into just off the strength of like all right yeah so look this is your shot this is this is pretty much like you have the most least pressure situation possible because you're going to a team that nobody expects anything from next year because of the injuries and you'll better get a decent amount of burn because the key, the key players in your positions are, are are out hurt. Solid, that's solid, man. Um, yeah. We got a long NBA season to go, but last time we got cussed out for talking for like forty five minutes. For, so yeah, we want to uh, move on. So so we gonna we gonna bell it up, damn bell it up. All right. So yesterday was the BET Awards. I missed it. I was slumped. I was asleep. Um. So basically, so there were a few things that I saw though as as highlights, and I actually meant to to watch another one. Uh, one lady was saying um. Uh, about uh about you were African before you're American, different things like that. I can't remember watching her part, but I do um want to touch on. I know we talked about Tyler Perry's uh his speech, and for those of you who haven't seen it yet or haven't um uh, haven't heard it or watched it, to to summarize it without giving you the longest version, um it's it's a good maybe I would say about three minute speech, but he basically states um a few things. One, he just shows uh, he goes back into his relationship with his mother. Basically, says how um she was uh she would he would go with her when she would be playing cards with her other um elderly black friends or not even necessarily elderly, but like her her black friends in the community would be in the projects that we, she would go play like twice a week, and what they would do. They would always be talking about like um, how their men would make them sad, and somebody would just come and say a joke, and he would say a joke and stuff like that as a kid because he'd be playing with his boxcars. Then he he mentions how on his way to school, how he had to go through um, a bunch of different neighborhoods, you know, like pimps, prostitutes, crackheads, all that stuff. Cemeteries, all yeah, that. to go mm-hmm. to the cemetery. So he would get to, I believe it was like an expressway, basically or highway, six lane highway. He said, and it was a man. I believe he said it was blind or something like that. He was trying to get across the street. If he didn't say blind, maybe I'm just. It was someone that it's someone that yeah, couldn't cross street by someone that couldn't cross street by himself. So yeah. he was like, man, can somebody help me? And Tyler Perry basically just says, hey, you know, all these people are walking by him, not helping him. So Tyler's like, yeah, you know, I help you. And they built a, a friendship, a bond because he was always there. He 
he's there, you know, very often throughout his time walking to school. The gentleman uh, was. The guy was selling candy at the school. Selling candy at school, right. So he was there quite often. So that goes on for a little bit of time. And so just throughout the speech, he keeps referencing, I was a man that, you know, I've always wanted to be somebody to help him cross the road. So he basically says, hey, um, you know, I, I built this, this studio that he's in now because I want to be able to help blacks cross the road. He, he, uh, he him and Taraji have always had a very good relationship. Like he named out Taraji and Giselle, yeah, but like, he's like people that weren't trying to, like, mm-hmm. people weren't trying to hire them. I was the one who helped them cross the road. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he pretty much like, he was like, he didn't want to say he, was, he wasn't trying to say he was jumpstarting people's career, but he was like, I'm giving all these different people who deserve the chance mm-hmm. uh, that chance. And I, and I know you want to hit on the, the very last thing he said. So before we just get to that, I think the the thing that, that I love the most and I'm so glad he, he put in there, which I, I said to you and probably said on the show a billion times, is when he was like, yeah, you know, you guys are talking about Oscar so white and you want to, you know, you want to be included. And he was like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm making my own table here. So that way I can invite people to the table how I want to. And I can make tables and more tables for people. And that's something that, that has stuck with me for many years. Um, or I shouldn't say stuck with me, but, but something that I believe in for many years is we as blacks have got to stop wanting to be included in white spaces and make spaces for ourselves, which is why I know over the years we kind of clown the BET awards about different things, but it's another reason why I think the BET awards are important, no matter what they change with ownership and stuff, because it is to be celebrated by blacks uh, and, and for and, and about blacks. And that's something that it really hit with me um, that he said it, because I do think it's a lot of times uh, where we see like people that are already celebrities, they're, their thing is they kind of just want to be they want to be around the other billionaires or millionaires or, or whatever it is. Well, he's like, nah, fam, if they don't want to let me in, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make this table. I'm going to invite all my people. We're going to make our club inclusive so that they want to get in. Just like it was with hip hop culture. Just like how, you know, we like blacks have taken over most of the sports when it comes to like NBA, football, stuff like that nowadays. Where you think about um, even with Serena Williams being the very best tennis player as a country club sport. When Tiger Woods first got on the scene and so many people didn't want him in a sport that was just for rich white people. So that's something that I really do enjoy that Tyler made sure he hit on. Um, and, and not just hit on, but kind of drove home the point uh, of that. And that's something that I think was, was very important that we do need to teach not just like youth, but just more of us in general who are getting into these these positions. Where we can do things, uh, especially. And like you said, like you out. So when it comes to it, he definitely and he harped on like. So it's funny, like the studio that he owns. Where it used to be one, it used to be a training, a training, I think a training army base for Confederate, uh, a Confederate army base. He's like, yes, yeah, like, yes, yeah, like I've changed that now. So instead of it being like that was his history, they, like the uh, what, you, what we're going to know it as now is like a black man owns this and is producing stuff for us to pretty much for us to be able to pretty much like to, to like have our, our door to, to get through. And then he's pretty much like he started, he's really gotten to the whole like owning, owning your own and everything. And and we've talked about this to almost ad nauseum on this show at this point about about us us owning different things and all of that. And sometimes that might not be strictly for you, but at the same time, it's like he so he, now. But when you find somebody that's like him that's doing that, though, support that person. Like you don't have to be the person owning it, but when you do see somebody that's going the route that he's going, support them because you never know who's going to be helped. You could be one of the people that eventually get help down the line in that same situation. So I'm just at this. Cause once again, we are not all built to be owners. Not all of us are built to have that mindset to to own things or be like the head of something. I mm-hmm. I truly understand that. Some of you, some of us are just better off like nine to five, and that's me. There's nothing else extra mm-hmm. for me. But if you have somebody that's that's really chasing the dream, and they truly have like a plan, and you can, and they clearly have found a way to make to 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 make to make it work, and you truly can see how they can make it work, support that. Be the person. Be be the person that can, that helps that along. You don't have to be the part. You don't have to be the head of anything or the face of something to, for something to still be great. You can and that you can be a part of. 
Yeah, no, it was good because um, uh, in the in the line that you're referring to too, that I think that just kind of was so powerful. I mean, you know, you get a standing up, but it's uh, he basically was like, you know, it's Confederate Army base, so that was a place where once they used to train to be able to keep 3.9 Negroes enslaved, and now that same area, that same land that they were training at, is owned by one Negro, and you know, it's something that we don't talk about enough. I do think as much as we are now, or and I don't want to say like we haven't always been, but I guess as much as you see it now when it comes to like black liberation and, and just kind of being very proud of not just your history, but even your now, I still think there are times where we as blacks kind of shy away um, from speaking out uh, about not just things that are trying, but now how we are, are conquering and how maybe for lack of a better term, sometimes we are better than some whites or how we've done something. Um, Cause many times many of us have had to pull ourselves by our bootstraps. So I do think that it's something that I, that I also just enjoyed about him. And it was in such a black space, um, you know, where you got to celebrate and uplift. Um, and he basically was just able to say, Hey man, we, we, we're people here that are proud. We're proud people. Everything that we do isn't a struggle. And I think sometimes that's what we get lost in. We think about all the videos and movies, the TV shows we watch, whether it be, um, when they see us, whether it be them wanting to remake Roots every 10, 15 years. No matter what it is, we get so caught in these, these movies like Toby Slavery. Everything is about being a slave, being downtrodden, being trauma. Cause yes, we do have a lot of trauma in there, but he basically was able to say, Hey, and, but we also have so many success stories. There's so many like amazing stories. Like everything doesn't have to be that I became a famous actor, singer, songstress, something like that, but I was also on drugs all these times like it doesn't have to be that and i think that's just something that was really great to see um come from him and you know to have him be supported especially by his good friend taraji so shout out to to mr perry man shout out to him for continuously putting the hood on um and yeah oh and and great point um that dio just kind of made and it's something that i think we've talked about a little bit when it comes to sports is integration um, or, or a separate but equal, different things like that, uh, hurt blacks in so many ways, especially when you think about like colleges and things like that. Because of course, whites weren't going to, you know, help make your black school be better. I mean, be as good as theirs. So they just would prefer you to come to their school, make it hell for you so that you don't want to stay. And we still see that now, whether it be with redlining, whether it be, um, you know, from Jim Crow, it's so many things. And with integration, uh, I'll never forget it. Uh, story. John Wall, basketball player, played for uh, the Washington Withers. I'll never forget. This was, uh, I want to say 2009 or so, let's say. Um, he knows for, for whatever the coach of the North Carolina Central is my alma mater, Lavelle Moten. They, uh, I guess either grew up in the same area. I mean, of course, many years apart, but like grew up in the same area. They're from the same type of, uh, area. And I remember he just got John Wall to put in his top five or three or something like that when they, you know, when they do the things on, online for high school for recruiting to put North Carolina Central on there. And he said, I understand you're not going to go there, but just put it on, you know, like you considering it. And it got the school some notoriety. I think they, we got a few like grads, uh, grad transfer stuff like that over the next couple of years. But uh, sports is kind of just where you see it first in college sometimes. Cause it's like it on a, on a very simple level. If some of those top black athletes, instead of going to places like Duke, UNC, Michigan, Florida, Georgia, whatever it is, they went to an HBCU instead and not just because like they're great, something like that. We see so many, you know, you, you'd have, uh, more money being poured into schools and the athletic programs. It's just different things like that. Um, so it is one of those ones just similar to what Typer is saying is always wanting to see it, see that the white people's table is not necessarily a good thing. Sometimes you have to build your own table. Is it going to be harder? Is it going to be longer road sometimes? Absolutely. And my, like you said, it's not for everybody, but sometimes that is better. If you, if you already, especially if you're someone that already has, uh, the ability per se to do that. Why not? Like, yes, BET is a channel per se, but why not have a BET Awards? Why not have the Soul Train Awards? Like, why not, you know, um, reward and recognize your own people? Why do you need to go to the Oscars to have them do that? 
So, um, so yeah, that's that's just something that that I just thought was really cool and just was important. And so, um, that was just really good to see, uh, to kind of see Tyler Perry just hit on that and just things as well. So sticking kind of a little bit along in that, and I won't, I won't kill you on this, but, uh, reparations. Um, I think, you know, blacks, we've talked about it too. We've been blue in the face, probably skipped for the last year or two, but for the last hundreds of years, um, 40 acres in a mule, you name it. Um, uh, so Coates, Mr. Coates, and I always mess up his first name and I don't want to do him a disservice today. Um, had some powerful words in, um, response to, uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, who basically was like, uh, in a nutshell, he was saying electing Barack Obama as the first black president. Um, and since slavery was 150 years ago, and he mentioned something else that was ludicrous, is reasons why we don't need reparations as blacks. And so, Coates said, you know, he's already written plenty of things about it, but when he, when Mr. McConnell specifically mentioned that electing a black president was enough for reparation, that we no longer were a racist country, is when I think even the internet was like, all right, now, we don't really have this idiot being, you know, uh, what is he, majority speaker, I believe, of the House. So it's, um, he said electing a black president. Yep. Like, right. like we didn't just mess around. Like, not for, not, not, no, don't let me say we. That America didn't just mess around and literally elect another motherfucker racist into the office right after the fact. That clearly shows how far we haven't come, fam. They, like, they, this motherfucker, the one, you know, who wouldn't employ, who wouldn't employ black people at certain, at certain points. And you all, they wanted to just point to these random numbers. His history has shown, has shown that he doesn't care for us. So you're saying that because we like the black, pre- that, that the America elected a black, pre- a black president, what, 11 years ago now? Mm-hmm. Is why we moved past that. But three years ago, y'all elected this piece of shit. Yep, he goes on to just kind of mention how slavery was 150 years ago and how the people today aren't alive. Um, and then, like, he just goes on to say so a bunch of BS. So we don't still see the residuals of it or the fact that, you know, we still have people that were, like, our grandparents were alive yes. during the Civil Rights Movement. Like, so you you want to act like we weren't, our we're grandparents not, we're weren't. We're not removed from our that. Grand, <laughs> our grandparents were the first generation that were allowed to legally, that were illegally allowed to vote. Like, mm-hmm. legally, truly allowed to vote, not just, like, Yes, yeah, you can, but like you gotta pass this test first. Like, no, like I can actually just go and do it. And like, some I can go. They weren't even there. I can to. go talk to different people. Like, I can go talk to different relatives to this day because they were alive during those said things. We are not that far removed that you can even fix your mouth to truly say that and and, and it be serious. Yeah, he was. We're not. Well, I'm sorry. You, you, we're not far enough removed for you to even. No, fam. Fuck you. All yeah, right. He he basically was just like. um uh, and that he kept saying like we, the, we and when he says we he's talking about the federal government shouldn't have to um, you know atone basically for those sins uh, saying basically uh, one of his quotes is just I don't think reparations for something happened 150 years ago for whom none of us are currently living are responsible is a good idea um, he said we tried to deal with our original sin of slavery by fighting a civil war passing a landmark civil, race, civil rights legislation we elected an African American president end quote and civil war yeah. so so first yeah first he says like the civil war was a choice like we and by we in this case i mean like blacks slaves people who believed in freedom didn't have to die for this didn't have to still fight so for many when, years for this like we didn't just celebrate juneteenth that it took two years after the emancipation proclamation was determined to free the last slaves in texas but yet this white piece of 
you know what, is really out here saying that reparations aren't necessary um, and that we've progressed as a country. The, he, fact, that he, <laughs> the fact that he even used the Civil War. So he, quick history lesson for everybody else involved that's still listening. And for those of you that didn't know, the Civil War was not about slavery. It was a money thing. Mm-hmm. The North and South, the North was industrial, and they were trying to move in that direction. And the South was was all was all about the um. I'm drawing a blank on the word, but they were all about the crops and stuff, uh-huh. which is why Share slavery, crops, yeah. which is why slavery was so important because that's how like that's how they made their money. The only reason why that separated had nothing to do with slavery. They weren't saying we had to, you had to stop it. The North still the North was still legally allowed to have slaves even when the war started. That wasn't a thing. The North just chose the North as a whole chose not to because they didn't need them to do what they were doing. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with slavery. The only reason why the slavery thing became a factor is because that was for Abraham Lincoln knew that would be a turning point. We, if we make, if we break away, if we take away slavery, all of a sudden now we every time we every time we take over one of those areas, we can recruit the slaves as as soldiers to help us fight. That is all that was. It had nothing. Like slavery was not the basis of the Civil War. I'm gonna need people to get Abraham off their high horses. Savior. <laughs> I'm gonna need people to get off that off that off that nonsense. Mm-hmm. That was not it. Yo, history books you read. I'm need you go. I'm need y'all to go. Like you know, a simple Google search can actually help you with this. Like you don't even need to read that. Yo, high school and college history books, depending on what school you went to, HBCU school, HBCU history books actually gave y'all like real history when it came to this nonsense. But y'all regular history books, y'all wasn't getting all this. Y'all have to look deeper into it. There's numerous history books over the course of a year that have disproven that part of it. No, everything I- in America has always been run by money. As far as back as you want to go, has been run by money. The foundation of America was was about money. Less than one percent of the population owned seventy percent of the income. So the fact, <laughs> the, fact even, the, money. the fact that he even used the war as as a basis, fuck you. That's not it either. So two of his three two of his three points are complete trash. Oh yeah, yeah. No, but granted, his whole his sure whole pre- his whole premise is complete trash. But two of his three, nah, that's not it. Like it's, and I think really with. And first off, and this is, I guess, even from a different point, like when he brings up the Obama thing or bring it up, uh, uh, you know, doing a, a black president, electing a black president, what he's not going to do is also say like they just gave it to Obama. Because that, that's what you when you say things like that, you're basically saying like reparations are needed because you as in like literally, you know, the whites, the strong whites that you that we're against, per se, are the ones that gave Obama the president. Like he didn't have to run. He didn't have to fight for it, He didn't have to have great points like there, Like there was really a point where. Where you were really trying to convince me that a what seven I believe it was like seventy seventy three year old John McCain was going to be a better fit president than a young man from the South Side of Chicago exactly. who was pro- like so, like no he had to, to, he, had to, he, had to pr- he had to prove his point he had to be literally so much more qualified so much than more everybody better. and they st- and then and every moment he was in office you're still undermining him belittling him so don't I'm say saying, you electing him with a gift or that you I'm did saying, him a favor there's so many media outlets that we could find just clips of of talking about him and his wife like they were just an- like they were animals like they weren't even humans mm-hmm. but you want to tell me that we move forward but you gave you gave like literally if you look at his first his first year in his last year in that man aged so much in eight years like it's Man. you know it's like really ridiculous like how much he aged in eight years like granted typically like i understand that the job president is gonna be hard so your age you're gonna age because that job itself is stressful right but the amount that he aged clearly that took a toll like no he looks like a, he actually looked like an older man compared to like like when he came in i'm like your fam like you would you in your 30s like you now actually 40 what he got out of my yo fam? Are you about you? What you mid fifties now? Like you like you actually for real like mid fifties, maybe sixty? Like you kind of mm-hmm. like you you kind of touching the major now because you look like life it just hit you hard. You don't think all that constant berating in the media, constant nitpicking of everything possible involving him and his wife and his children didn't wear on them? 
but yeah, because you because we elected one, yep. you know, what people actually had to go out and vote because they truly liked what he was talking about. Like he actually had to have like dec- a decent policy, a decent like plan for people to run. He's not because he's not the first black person to run for president. He's not the first. Y'all, not. so y'all not gonna act like. Oh, you just handed it. No, no, no. He had to literally prove that he was better than everybody else that we've previously seen. Yeah, no, we've been fighting for this while. And I think one of the one of my favorite parts that um that Mr. Coast kind of did in their response, but also not even necessarily just a response, but also just in his in his statement to before Congress, um, is uh is as follows. So basically now and I'll, I'll read the quote in a second, but basically he's saying, um, as I said to you, Mr. McConnell said that he didn't want to do because none of us were alive. So Coates points out that the United States um was still paying out pensions to Civil War soldiers well into the century. Um the government still honors treaties made by people hundreds of years ago who aren't still alive. Um, And basically he says this point um, when he goes into it, he says, uh, so white America could have ended um, their white, uh, white America could have ended their, their bad treatment, um, when the Emancipation Proclamation was over, but they did it. He goes on to state when it ended, this country could have extended its hollow principles of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to all, regardless of color. But America had other principles in mind. And so for a century after the Civil War, black people were subjected to a relentless campaign of terror, a campaign that extended well into the lifetime of majority leader McConnell. Um, he then went on to kind of do a few, uh, to me, things that are even swept under the rug that Mr. McConnell was alive for. So he says he was alive for the electrocution of George Stinney. He was alive for the blinding of Isaac Woodard. He was alive to witness kleptocracy in his native Alabama and a regime premised on electoral theft. Majority Leader McConnell cited civil rights legislation yesterday, as well as he should, as he was alive to witness the harassment, jailing, and betrayal of those responsible for this legislation by a government sworn to protect them. And I think where those words just kind of resonate with me is we're still we're talking about a man in Mr. McConnell who is supposed to represent the people of the United States. He he's supposed to represent in in this particular case the state of Kentucky. He's supposed to be representative of what the majority of the people in a place believe. And this is what the majority of the people in a place believe. And this is not just um, relevant to state. This is relevant really to a country, as we see, you know, with with Mr. Uh, with Trump in office um, and different things like that. So this is why I also think that this can't fall on deaf ears. Why like these words can't be seen as just another um, conversational piece, because, no, if you represent the majority, then we understand still that we are fighting for our lives. And by we, I mean, blacks each and every day when we go out into the world. Um, which is just why I think the, the, the topic of reparations can never go away. But if I, if I had to pose one question just from this, this conversation before we move on is just off the top of your head, what is something that you would deem, um, as reparations? If you, if you had to think for, for every, every descendant of slavery, um, of African slaves, what would you deem something that could be, even if it's just a starting point for reparations? <clears throat> Sorry. So, I don't know. So that's kind of hard now because at this point, we are like we are 150 years removed from it, and at the same, so like we've been 150 years removed, and a lot of us are now mixed with multiple things because, at let's really be honest, like there's a lot more mixing that's been done in the process of all of this. There's not many of us that are still mostly black like how it was then. Like we might there might be a good like 60 40 situation for a lot of people, but I don't know. So it, it makes it hard. But at the same time, it's like so if I really had to say I'm like a starting point. For for everyone that you can pretty much like you can trace like you have a descendant that was that was in slavery at some point, which would at this which is in hard in itself to already figure out like who who has and who hasn't. Like you you was you had to, like everybody would have to get some type of like some type of like 
miniature stipend just off off run off uh, up front. Mm-hmm. Either either you can and see my thing is like you can either give us like a certain a certain number of stocks so we have like so we can also start build like residual like future future money, mm-hmm. or you can give us like a certain a certain amount of lump sum of cash that we can figure that that we can figure out what to do with next, or you can just clear out debts. Yeah, like honestly, like you can like you can clear out debts or make it to the point like Indians can go to college for free. You can give us some version of that, like that could be a starting point. Like, you don't have to like you honestly you don't have to give us nothing like. Like actual, like like physical, like physical cash or anything. Mm-hmm. Like if you can make this point, like half my college tuition is covered. So you pretty much like every generation going forward, or people that have already have loans. Like either you give them that money back that they've already spent into it, the ones that paid it off, cover for half of it up front. So like that, so loans are a lot much are are not nowhere near what they are now because loans are astronomical. Mm-hmm. Or to the point like you, or it's like the ones that are going, like you literally make it so college no much so no longer a burden that people's like. Yeah, I'm, I gotta go start working for it because I can't afford college. Like you change the like the change up the like, pretty much like the change up after 150 years of all the nonsense going on. That would be that would I feel like that was like something like that would be like a good first step. Like you give me at least like half of my college tuition, and then if I if I can figure out the other half in terms of like grants and all that other stuff, fine. But like you cover at least half of it, I can accept that as like a good first step. Okay. No, I think that that is. Um, I don't. I feel like that's reasonable enough that you could figure out how to make that work. Okay, so you know what? You, and I don't. There's no wrong to this. I think you're a little bit more modest than what I will be. Here's why I say that: um, forty acres in a mule, which is, as we know, kind of the uh, the one that's been portrayed um, the, uh, um, uh, by the like as as what is accounted for for reparations. Forty acres in a mule. Today, 40 acres in a mule is $6.4 trillion. It's roughly about that. Actually, that's about five years ago. That's how much it was. So, and this is, again, uh, you know, you'd have to go through all the number crunching different things. But some things that I would recommend um, would be anywhere from one hundred to 250000 per descendant of per African descent. Um, it would be similar to your point. Uh, just like any, um, Native Americans get to go to college for free, blacks get to go to any public university in the country for free. Not not half off, not in, like for free. Um, and then land, some some form of land, um, whether that be uh, whether that be a literal acre, whether that be uh, whatever the case is. Um, and how you would divide the land, you know, for those, you know, again, it's off top of it, but for those asking, yes, you can probably do like a, you know, how would you like, you know, like where would you like a plot of land? But it's also just you get to choose. I, I wouldn't want them to give us the backwoods land that literally can't be cultivated. So I don't want the poor land to let the barren land is, is, is what I should say. So I think that there should be some. Um, I would say more than 50-50. What I mean by 50-50 is taken from certain like rich whites that already have it now. But I think that we should be able to get, um, at the very least, at least 50 to 60% of the farm, the, the, the cultivated farmland now that is, uh, still rich that we can actually have something we can build our own. We can, we can build our own food or not build, I should say, but cultivate our own food, feed ourselves and also sustain. Um, as well as, um, similar, like you said, wipe debt away. Um, I do think that especially when it comes to the debt that is accrued from things like college, um, being in uh, extreme overbearing interest loans, like anything like that, that, that are especially directly from the federal government. Those things I also believe should be wiped away. And I know that, you know, these things, when you think about it, you're like, man, is that for a lot? When you think about not only just six point four trillion dollars, 
we're not just talking about monetary things that we as blacks have missed out on over years. We're talking about um, opportunities that, that you can't really put an amount on. We just spoke about Tyler Perry earlier and having his own studio built on a land, you know, on a piece of land based out of Confederate. We've missed out on opportunities to be able to do these things because we've had redlining in many places. We don't have the same good education as some of those uh, affluent neighborhoods do. Like we've missed out on more than just making money in a corporate society, or, you know, in a corporate space, or anything like that. We've missed out on being able to literally co- to literally own a farmland or be able to, to to run basically a whole section of of the United States to an extent when it comes to whether it be farmland, communications, um, education, whatever it is. Like, like there are so many HBCUs that still weren't even founded by black people that had to be founded by whites. Like we, we've just missed on opportunities I'm because of those reasons. Even outside of that, and like we just want six like like strictly schooling. We can go like when you had it segregated when it's like black and white schools only, you had literally a school system where people weren't learning as much because we had outdated outdated learning materials. Like you can't even you really can't put a price value on that. And I didn't think about those things until you start bringing them all up. So you're just like so like let's say the people that are growing up in like the 30s and 40s who grew up and like that's that was how they were in school. Mm-hmm. And like that's 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 towards the later end, right before everything. They would probably be like the last generation that was really truly in schools and finishing all everything up before the civil rights movement really got rolling. So all of them they were using outdated learning, like learning things from like thirty years prior, so like, like the eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds at mm-hmm. best, and that's what they were learning off of. While you had the, all the white schools with all the better things, so you had people with a lack of knowledge coming out, which means now you have exactly. less less educated people, which made you less qualified to do different things in terms of all of that. So mm-hmm. you're right, you really can, you really almost you for stuff like that, you can't put a money value on it because you don't know how much that could have, how that much that could have changed, changed and affected someone. Mm-hmm. So you still see that today, even even in a in a I won't say a smaller scale, but even um, when we, you say like you broke up schooling, when you compare that or not compare that, but you directly correlate that to even our our quote unquote justice system. We were just talking or, or briefly mentioned when they see us. Corey Wise, a young man who didn't get an education, couldn't you know couldn't get to a better neighborhood or get somebody to um, you know go somewhere where somebody could teach him kind of reading, writing, different things like that. So now what he goes down there to the police station. Speaks without a parent, speaks without a representative, goes down there thinking he's being, you know, a a good a, friend. Yeah, thinks he's being a knight, basically, you know, and then he's tricked into doing the worst. So, again, that's that's a small thing. But we got there's plenty throughout time, whether it be Cleve Broad or whether it be, um, you know, just so many people throughout history where when you're putting people who are poor, have no way. Uh, of getting that, you know, no good education and then don't have any way to make, you know, ends meet, that crime is going to be high there. So oh, now so you talk about the influx. Then you start, then you start talk, talk, look at, talking about the, like, the minimum, the minimum requirements for like when you break, when you break certain laws. The same people that probably couldn't afford to go do other things because like just like life didn't, like life didn't give them like the right break and all of that. So you got all the different people now, like, so you got people out in the corner selling and everything. Mm-hmm. Wrong or right? Like that's, that's, that's besides the point. You have those same people doing those, like doing this and now the person that's selling powder is getting less time than somebody selling rocks mm-hmm. when they're the same exact compound when you start breaking it down on on a, on a, on, a, on a level on like a lower level and then figuring out what it actually does to you they mm-hmm. do the exact same thing, thing to you but because the black folks who are getting less education and are less opportunity to pretty much move forward are the ones out here doing it you give them a harsher sentence like all that stuff is correlated like you can't and you can't like you can't like broad like you can't like narrow it down to like these select things mm-hmm. because this is so broad of a conversation. There's so many different avenues and aspects you could talk of that honestly, there's no right answer to this and there's no wrong answer to it because it's too broad for you to really figure out. Like I was on a monetary value, 
no matter what you no matter what we could get them to give us, mm-hmm. it's low key not gonna ever be enough. It's not gonna ever be enough. Is 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 just Cause like not. even like because like even if we want to go back to the Indians, them having free education is that really enough? The fact after the fact y'all took everything from them, you <laughs> literally took everything the from definition them. Definition of everything, seriously. So like in that aspect, like yeah, whatever you decide, whatever you then whatever they do decide to give at some point in life, whenever that is made a decision, it's not ever gonna be enough, and you gonna feel like well we did this, so that should be it. Cool, I I feel you, I hear you. But after all these years, because now the country's been the country has been here for three hundred years now. Mm-hmm. Three hundred years later, and we're st- and and we have and these issues have been there since day one. Prior to so even like prior to right the actual founding of the country, yeah, the country's like actually been surgery, here, yep. yeah, and man, all these different things. Like you wouldn't like you would never be able to truly pay all this back. But you better like at least if you're gonna do it, y'all better like at least make a like a real strong attempt that makes it sound like it's worth somebody's time. Yeah, it's, I, I don't even know how this is a conversation in terms of like if it should happen or or oh, is no. it right? The only should thing be, should be how much, how, yeah, like how, that's, that's like, it. like you, you damn. And, and when I say this is partially facetious, but also like you damn near got to write a blank check. Like like at this point, as the federal, you you so you write blank checks to all these other countries and you know build up all this debt trillions and all that nobody will ever 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 be able to pay off. You do it in all these different bonds. You damn near need to do that. For reparations, because it's not about if, and it's just something I, that I happen to hear Charlemagne kind of harp on a lot too. But because it, it's not if we've been wronged, it's we were wronged, and reparations is then you coming back and fixing that wrong or attempting to right that wrong, giving us, um, you know, compensation for that wrong. And so that's something that I know will be a huge debate. I'm pretty sure it'll be until the next presidency that it'll be, uh, you know, talked about, and I'm sure it'll be on many agendas to, to know if it'll be passed or something we don't know, but. Um. Yeah. That that right there is just. I don't know how that can really still be the question, um, based off where we are. So, I got a quick question for you though. This is this is <laughs> this is shifting wildly to something a little bit more fun. Well, actually, I don't even know if it's more fun, but. Right oh, now, on the top of your head. What do you mean? You don't think it better be more fun? That was a very tough subject. Top, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's more fun. I just, you know, it's a few things. But I say to say. I'm putting you on the spot. What is I don't like it one already. of the nicest things you've ever done? Like, if you had to go top three, somebody asked you the nicest thing you've ever done. I don't know. Oh, listen, like, really, you really put me on the spot. For, uh, um, the nice thing I've ever done, um, pay for somebody's school. Okay. What do that, you, that's probably the top. That would be, especially if that school costs more than $100, which yeah, I, it I did. would never do. <laughs> um, what would you say is one of the meanest things you've ever done? I don't want to say. Okay. So I used to work in fast food, so I don't want to say. you see how much quicker that you were able to think of that, though? And that's not necessarily a bad thing in this case. It's just it, I, I think the reason I thought about that, and I'll, I'll give mine a second, too, because I'll be honest. I, I literally thought about it just as I was coming in, is we think, like, I think we all do nice things. And we're all, like, good people for the most part in general. Um, but it's very hard. Like when somebody puts you on the spot for something nice, you like, oh wait, man, dang. Uh, or you always you'll see people try to be modest about when they do nice things. Like just just like when you you'll see some rich people, or you know, not rich. people, me not say that because rich people love having people talk about them. But you'll see every once in a while people will do like donating things and they'll try to stay anonymous or do whatever it is. But um, Dude, I, I'm that way. Yeah, and it, it's Honestly. nothing wrong with it. It's just one of those things that like when it's if like if somebody was to ask me, and and it's funny. So you say that now. I wonder if I was to ask you that in 
let's just say a month, like you completely forgot. And I just asked you while we was on the street if that would be your first go to answer again, if you would think of something else. And not saying that, of course, it changes. But it might not be. You, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you thought about it more. Maybe you thought about it less. But um, I guess it's just one of those things where, I, you know, like, ooh. I would say, like, if I had to just off the top of my head, if I had to say, like, my nicest, I, I would say driving three hours to pick somebody up in the middle of a snowstorm so that, and then driving three hours back so that they could um, go to a, a grad school interview. Um, so, like, that'd be something if I had to say the meanest, I would probably say, um, hell, I don't know. Uh, Shoot, I have a nice one for you just alone. I'm like, that, that five-hour drive back from uh, yeah, Chicago, yeah, yeah. I'm was, just saying. <laughs> Like I had to work that night, so you drove back so I could get some sleep. Like that for at least for me, in no, my personal opinion, you. I'm like yo, no, I feel you, and I, and I appreciate it. It's just it's one of those ones that is funny. Kind of when I was thinking about it, because you know, just I was like, wow, okay, you, you know, you even, and I know this is gonna sound goofy, or not, and I don't want to sound like too cliche or, or kind of how things are now, but even when we kind of get down and sort of think that like not necessarily that life is bad, but maybe like dang, I did such and such. Like there are a lot. Of good times, I think, or good moments that people have um, that are not just moments, but it's also their character. Um, because yes, we think of the big ones, but I'm sure we can point out to a lot of smaller moments, whether it be, you, you know, you gave somebody a ride, or you know, uh, you just happened to, you know, do just just whatever. Maybe you gave somebody a better hug than you did the last time. And I know that doesn't seem big, but you know, sometimes you took it out your day to give somebody a longer hug. So it was just funny to kind of think about that because I was like, dang, I really can't think and I, i'm talking about, i actually originally thought of this when i was in the car and i'm like i still don't know even as i asked you that question i really did not know well no, and see like you said though like it's, it's actually very hard to think of the nice thing you always remember the bad stuff you've done yeah like the bad somewhere. the bad things the, like the b- bad things always stick out and like i can pretty much like if you and me had a conversation we talking about the good things about us mm-hmm. as many good things have happened over the course of like our friendship yeah i could probably easily point out the bad much quicker than i could point out the good just off the strength of we hold on to bad things longer mm-hmm. than we hold on to good things. That's just a that's a, that's a natural human yeah. thing, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate in itself that we literally hold on to bad things so long. Like you could do a thousand good things from that one bad thing. I'm gonna remember that one just because it was so because it's gonna have bothered me that much, which is stupid in my opinion. But that's just how we are. That's how a lot of us mentally work. No, that's that's a hundred percent right. And I've never. I never really understood. Like, of course, you can probably come up with a lot of theories on logic on why that's the case. Like, why do we do it? Is it easier? Yes. Which I think probably the simplest way that I can think about it is I think we think about all those times that people have done us wrong because we want to we want to, I guess, for lack of a term, build up those boundaries or, or like we think about it like pain and even though sometimes we will you know uh place ourselves in those positions again because it's just life and sometimes we we also take a look back and say well really that person didn't do me wrong or you know it wasn't that bad of an idea because i mean bad of a thing because sometimes it's really not sometimes we as we take a step back we realize that i won't say overreacting and the reason i won't is because i do think that your reaction in the moment probably is your is the truest one even though right when you look back on it, it might not be the best one um, but I do think sometimes it's just easier to, to do that j- just because it's, you know, it's something we always want to, we want to point out, you know? Obviously, or even, I, I know, and I know with me, like, for, like, the ones that just popped in my head, like, in this moment in itself, a lot of the stuff that I felt like somebody did me wrong, I just wanted to prove you wrong after, once you did it. Like, whatever you said, whatever you did, I literally just wanted to go out of my way to prove you wrong mm-hmm. because I felt some type of way about whatever was said, which 
is wild in itself because some people that's that some people that's how that's what drives you. People like doubting you is what drives you. Mm-hmm. Others you don't need people to doubt you to drive you. But it's like it's kind of almost one of like it's almost like everybody likes a comeback story. So it's like it, in the in the sense like somebody doing you wrong, somebody doubting you mm-hmm. is is like your version of your own comeback story. Yeah, I, you know what? And I'm you said that, and it's really stuff. We must have been listening to the same podcast. So I'll bring it up. I don't it. think so. Actually, okay. So here's the thing. Here's so. I've never been a person driven by doubters, aka or haters, as people say, which is why I never got into that wave. And I'm not saying that you oh, are. Oh, so but okay, yeah, see, we have. Got so, it. Okay, so mm-hmm. I've never been on. I've just never. I never got into that wave simply because I'll be honest. I never really thought like I had a lot of haters. Like, do I know that I have great quality traits, things about me that people probably like would like about you know would like to have in themselves or in their life? Absolutely, I'm not naive, but I also never been driven by that. So as we've now just uh, realized, Bamani Jones had a, you know <laughs> right. a podcast. And somebody asked like, hey, you know what, what motivates you every day or something like that. And then somebody followed up to that and said, you know, do your haters, something like that. And he pretty much essentially said he doesn't care. He, 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 or yep. he actually said like, I didn't, I, as far as I know, I didn't have them. People mm-hmm. always expected great things of me. I, like if anything, I like, yep. I felt like I, I ruined things myself. Not people expecting me to go south. Uh huh. And which, then he, he <laughs> harped on, it, it pushes him more knowing that there are people rooting for him because of course, most of the time, those are the ones that are closer to you, but also in theory. And, and I think this applies for everybody's life. Honestly, you can be, and I, I don't mean this in a funny way, but you can be the dirtiest, grimiest, brokest, youngest or oldest or whatever it is in your life that you are. And I honestly believe to this, like to, for everybody, people that I don't know, that there are more people that believe in you or believe that you're great than that are your quote unquote haters. Because I do think sometimes we as people, especially in recent years, just kind of with the way things have played out, we kind of make up haters to make ourselves okay. feel better when I it's feel not like necessary. The, I feel like the majority of us make up haters. Like my thing is like, it's like whatever, if somebody has like something to say about you. Honestly, I feel like that person probably not checking for you outside of that moment, wherever y'all had that conversation, or you heard them say something. Mm-hmm. Like they might have said something about you because somebody else brought you up. You were probably not even a thought of theirs outside of that moment in itself. Yeah. You tr- honestly, I feel like, and like this whole idea of like, I feel like the majority of us truly don't have haters. Mm-hmm. Like whether you like whether you feel like you got them, or you you might have a couple. Like that's really yeah. like some people like we. There's always a couple people that's like, oh, you doing such and such. Like people, I really might hate you. At the end of the day, you probably don't even talk to them enough for you even realize that they ever that they could have been one. Like they might be people that you've known like in your past. Now they just seeing like how far you come, and now they might. But as a whole, honestly, the people that are the like, there's nobody close to you that are truly haters yeah. for the most part. I think if anything, you might have a few people that may doubt that you can do something. I don't even think that them no, doubting see, your ability. That's as much that's, as that's just, their projections on like, yeah, like I might have tried it before, so it's not going to work. Exactly. Or in my mind, I can't see how that works. Yep, it's Which, not so much even about your Jay, ability. I was saying, so. Jay Z actually made a comment. He's like, yeah, like people told me like I shouldn't have done these things, different things over the years. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, no. So what you might have tried it didn't work. Just because you tried it didn't work doesn't mean it's not going to work. There's other way I can. I and it's can, just like there are things in this case we're talking about Jay Z, but it's mm-hmm. just like things that Jay Z has probably tried that didn't work that someone else was able to do. Exactly. And you know, of course, that's say, a celebrity status, but in no, our everyday lives, that's, that's it everything. happens. Like, yeah. no matter what you try to do, just because you couldn't make it work, doesn't mean somebody else can make it work. They might have something about them that gives them an edge in that mm-hmm. aspect of doing it. We all have different things that we're better at than other people that we specialize in. Whether you feel like you have a specialty in something, we all have different things that we are that we specialize in. So let's say like if you if you tried to do something and you couldn't pull it off and not and then if I were to go and do it 
and I do. We see that all the time in just real life things. Like there's like you've had like you probably had a coworker like, hey, I try I'm trying to do this and I can't get it to work. Mm-hmm. And then you come over there, you do it and you it's do really it easily. Simple. And it's like they was like, Oh, how'd you do it? You explain it's, like, Yeah, this this was not, man, was not it's, major. It's like open the jar. Sometimes, you know, some people can, some people can they ask you to do it. As soon as you get over there, you open it the first like, thing we say juke right. like, Hey, I loosened it up. Maybe you did, maybe you did, you know, whatever it I mean, is. However you, you worked wanna... on the first part. I think another thing that that's a good example of is studying. When you try to tell people how to study, it's like some people are good at maybe like taking notes and writing stuff down. Other people just like, I need to see it. Some people, you know, whatever it is, we've all learned it over the years. Say, and I think that's just a good example of there, there's us making n- up haters sometimes, say, just, yeah. you know, or, or making up those things is down. And I did appreciate when Bumadi was like, yeah, it's because I think to be honest, for more people, when people say it's the haters that fuel me. You don't even hear the hate. Like, you might have gotten one hate and comedy, quote unquote, and you're thinking that it's pushy, but it's really not. Because in theory, you're thinking you about. You were going to be doing that anyway. And you're also thinking about the people, I think, more that you know support you. So, for example, like, if I, I want to prove them right. Yeah, I want them to, like, I don't want them to, you know, think down, or not think down, but you don't want to let them down. So, mm-hmm. really, in that case, you're not trying to prove your haters wrong. You're really trying to, like, you know. You're what? trying to prove your supporters yeah. right. You're trying to make sure. And, and that, to me, should always be a, a more of a driving force. Whether it just be something as simple as you're trying to get say, a passing grade. Low-key you know? it is, you, a lot of it just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. But granted, some people just, you got to do it for yourself anyway. So, like, yeah. your supporters might not even matter. Like, oh, I can see, I can at least. Years. Yes. I'm saying, I start least, doing stuff for yourself. Like I think my and I'm sorry, I mean, because last time I cut you off, I promise. Oh, you're good. But one thing that I think I I dislike the most, and it's probably just because I got like when I got in the coach and I would hear it a lot, is at some point you have to genuinely stop saying I got to do this for my mom or I got to do this for my pops. And it's not that you don't care about their their thought, but man, at some point, not only are they not going to be there physically. But at some point, you got to care enough about it more, or you got to want it more, where it's not about them, because they're not no, going to be I'm the saying, motivation. At the end of the day, it's your life, mm-hmm. so you have to. So, and and I can say, at least with me personally, I literally dropped out of college because I was doing it for my parents, not for myself. Like I mm-hmm. did, I had my motivation for college went away pretty much as soon as I came home from college. Like mm-hmm. when I started going to college locally, my motivation was dead. So like I was literally doing it for my mama, for my for my for my dad. At the end of the day, when I when I finally chose to stop, and then I chose to go back, I chose to go back for myself. Right. I stopped for myself. So at the same time, it's like so. And as much as I wish I could say I, I did stuff for supporters, mm-hmm. I don't. I do it for myself because if I don't yeah. truly find my enjoyment in or find what I want out of it, that's that's always been me. But that idea of doing it for haters or supporters in itself, that doesn't work for everybody. I actually feel like that doesn't work for most people. Yeah, it's draining. It's draining because you realize that nothing is about you. It's nothing is for you. And sometimes you don't even know the direction you're going. And you're just like, man, I'm here because I have to be. Exactly. So, yeah, no, it's it's definitely a lot better to, to do that. Um so yeah, I would say that'd be pretty good. So any last minute shout outs, anything popping up? Oh, uh the blog meetup, right? Is this 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 week? Saturday. This yep. is this Saturday? Okay. For uh the <laughs> for the podcast thing. Okay. Jan will be there, so I mean Lisa. Yeah, Jan, so she, I think she's Friday. I think so she's Friday. The she's 28th. currently gone, but she will be there for that. She that's yes. more important to her. <laughs> that's more important to her than than us. That's fine. She'll be there Friday. That's from <laughs> six to nine. They got wine, so make sure you pull up there. I'm sorry I don't have a flyer in front of me. Or I would tell y'all where, but I think I've posted it. I'm sure Jam has posted it a few times. So pull up. It'll be on our podcast page, so you can check that out too at Beat the Buzzer Podcast on mm-hmm. Instagram. Yep, the whole you, weekend is actually supposed to be popping too. So it'll be different different things. Come hear some people talk. You know, kind of get involved with it. Um, Oh, I'm gonna give y'all a forewarning now. We're talking about Toy Story four next week, so y'all better go watch it because I'm not being nice about it. After that, I give I told you I give you a two week window. Next week <laughs> is your two week window, so if you haven't seen it by next Friday, it's not my fault. That's solid. That's solid. Anything else before we wrap it up, man? 
Nah, that's about it for me. For sure, man. Well, don't forget to rate us, subscribe, like us, you know, give us reviews, all that good stuff. Um, and until next time, y'all be easy. <laughs>